Kaiser Blue Show! What is up, brother Kaz? I know, I know, I know, I know. We're both just terribly tired right now. I, I don't want to force you into some excitement right now. I am I am mainlining uh, coffee as quick as I can to, to get up and talk about the most wonderful time of the year. Well, I'm putting my coffee in a spoon and heating it up. And then is that, is that mainlining? I don't know. I'm, I'm doing yeah, I mean, that. I, just, I love that little there. Grover meme that the uh, floats around every now and then at the, the NBA playoffs. So there's like a tube, and apparently that's like the drugs. And then he's like putting it into a spoon that he's also lighting, and it says NBA on it. And it's like mainlining your NBA. Let's mm. mainline the NBA into Let's our bloodstream, folks. Like a bad episode of Breaking Bad, which I am in season five now. I'm so happy to be in season five. <laughs> I'm catching up with you pop are. culture, everybody. Relevant. I, I, I just saw Netflix, the last season of uh, Better Call Saul is up, so I'm uh, ready to, ready ready to, to jump do in? that and ready to dive in. No spoilers, anybody. Um, and no spoilers. This show is going to be intense no it's not oh, um, did you you know you know what i, I start, you know talking about they're talking about the nba and i, I watched it did you watch this you haven't watched the show snowfall have you nope yeah but that's, that's the answer for like that. anybody any 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 show anywhere you watch this brew nope you watch the nba <laughs> yep they, they just finished up they just finished i just watched the last episode of the series and uh really good like kind of realistic thing that you're totally not going to call, you know, if you watch the show, like it's so many of these, you know, shows about crime and cops and robbers and whatnot. And, you know, everything ends in the blaze of, you know, it was just really, it was excellent. I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't watched, but uh, it was just really, really good. I was, and I was, I don't think anybody could have called <laughs> the way it ended, but um, anyway. So, so you're, you're calling your, you're saying that that series ended very surprisingly. Yeah, just not the way that shows like that usually end. <laughs> so, It'll twist ending. Um, It'll get you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I'm, I'm going to try to watch all of these shows at like when I'm 80 or something. And, and then I'll, I'll comment on them then. Um, in the meantime, I'm going to comment on some basketball today uh, with my good friend Cause here. Uh, we have at least one series that we want to go in deep on that we're, we're pretty big on and that's golden state sacramento uh i called it as we were talking the it series right now i don't know the it series the, it's, it's the it girl the, yes the it series uh and uh, <laughs> i might be crying in my beer a little bit here i made a huge bet on the sacramento kings last night and just got slapped silly with it and i've been getting slapped silly this betting season already <sighs> deep sigh. And the only thing I can tell people who are following and tailing my bets is I have to win at some point, right? Question mark. I have to cause. Do you think I can pull it off? I don't know. Spoken like a, a like true a captain of industry and gambling. Well, follow my bets because I have to win sometime. It's it. You know, when I did this the first time, I actually started off really slow. So we started our gaming division here and I had, no, no real experience. I'd done it during the playoffs a little bit. Um, but so we open our gaming division. It's me and Dan Bespris. He's got history and he's got, you know, plenty of success and he's probably one of the best out there. But I was like our guy and I was losing bad in the first, say, third of the season. And I could, and I understand when a shooter can't hit a shot. 
you know, and I've, I've, I've had that happen in sports as well. So it's like, you just like, it like steals your, your, your heart right out of your chest at some point in time. And you just got to like, you know, go up and take another shot. You, it's one of the most testing things in the world. You don't think you can hit a shot and then you're like, okay, I can hit this shot. And then you, and actually ended up having a winning season that year. And I haven't had a losing season ever doing this. And, and that worries me because I figure it's got to happen at some point. Right. Um, so that's where I'm at is I got to win at some point. Right. Question mark. Um, but that kind of speaks to what happened last night in the Sacramento game. I mean, no Draymond Green, no Gary Payton. The Kings look like they were outclassing the entire way. And we're going to talk about all that. If we have time, we will get into Phoenix and the, and the LA Clippers and then Memphis and the Lakers. How's that sound cause? We'll have time. We'll have time? Good. All right. Let's do it. Uh, Sacramento and Golden State. First thoughts. Um, I thought um, Coach Brown well the first two games. Um, some interesting coaching things, I think. Um, game three? Kerr, uh, no, game three just seemed like, you know, they were a little bit little lethargic, a little slow, a little maybe not ready for the moment. Um, you know, uh, they didn't play a smarter game. I thought that they I, – I did not think that just from a basketball IQ uh, position that Sacramento would be able to play the way they played in, game, in the first two games, um, especially Fox. I thought he looked like a 9- or 10-year vet. Um, the way he set everything up, he really was, you know, really using his athleticism in the first half and then using the Warriors' fear of, that, of his athleticism to get to where he wanted to get in the second halves of both those games. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> this, this last game was pretty – they just, you know, I, th- I thought they were going to – you know, there was a point in the first half where they were playing terrible – and it was still like, you yeah. know, a two possession, yeah. two possession game. I remember I that like, moment. I, I had that same feeling and it was like, okay, they're terrible and it's connected. So, yeah. And, and, but they didn't rise in that occasion to tie it or anything. And the words were able to push it to like, you know, double digits. And it was still fine. But I thought that was a moment where if they could have went on a little run and taken like a one point lead, even if the Warriors had got it back up to like, five or something that that would have been enough to go into halftime and and... really creep into, you know, have the, let the pressure of the moment now really become the Warriors issue. And they just never were able to put the Warriors in that position in game three. So it's great um, to hear you say that because we haven't talked about this game at all. I don't know if you read any of my stuff last night or or what you were up to. Um, It's that's exactly what I saw. And that just helps me confirm you know, um, you know, you like to, to confirm what you're seeing with folks who know what they're doing. Um, the, uh, where do I start? Like, um, I think that they played the game. Like they assumed they could just run their normal regular season stuff and mm-hmm. that it was all going to work out just fine. And I mean, top line, you, you have no Draymond green. Kevon Looney has been destroying Sabonis all series long. Like, I mean, and, and that's something Sacramento fans, you really got to just sit and think about that. Like in, in the playoffs, a guy like Kevon Looney, who is he's I, we're big fans 
uh, we have been forever, I think. I don't know. I am. Yes. I'm um, a huge Kevon Looney guy, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's totally underrated, underpaid, whatever you want to say. He's, uh, what is he paid? Do we even know? Like, very little, um, right? He, yeah, he definitely. He's paid so little, we don't even know. <laughs> like, there's probably not even a page on uh, Spo Track or whatever. He's that... only making eight. He's got, he's eight. 8.5 next year and his last year is nine. So think about this Kings fans as you're, you're talking about paying DeMontis Sabonis like a $40 million per year extension at some point in time. Uh, he's getting stopped by a guy making 8 million or whatever he's making, you know, and, and anybody with the, the, the length and the size and the discipline in a playoff setting can do this to Sabonis. And I have zero confidence that Sabonis is just going to magically, you know, figure this out or that the Kings are. Um, the Kings, at any rate, have one guy on the other side that's killing them on the interior, and that guy's backup is Jamichael Green, and then the backup after that is Jonathan Kaminga, you know, or whoever would step into the five role. And, you know, you got a guy in Sabonis who is, you know, great at drawing fouls, you know, is theoretically the best post player in the league. You know, I've, I've heard that tossed around quite a bit. Also heard tossed around quite a bit that he's a first-team All-NBA player. Uh, well, they, I don't know about all that. That, that, was, that. that was a lot of Sacramento talk, by the way. Right, right. And so, okay, so you have this guy, and you've got one guy who are over at Golden State that's killing you, and his backup is a guy who shouldn't be on the court, and then the backup after that is not even you know six foot eight or whatever. So theoretically, you should be going to Sabonis like every time down the court. I, I mean, make Looney exercise and also, um, you know, get him in foul trouble. And they didn't run anything to get Sabonis a catch beneath the foul line. Like, not a cross screen, not, you know, any sort of post-entry scheme. They kept running him out at the three-point line to do dribble handoff against a team that was generally playing three guards at all times yeah. and they were just switching everything and just you know the the dribble handoff and pitch game doesn't really work when the other team is quicker smaller faster and can recover on all of that stuff and it, it just snowballed and, and there was there were some moments that he did get the ball below the free throw line but he he was like expecting a double team and sometimes it was like he'd have little dudes i remember he had moody on his back one time mm -hmm. Um, and he had, uh, I think he had clay down there. One time he dribbled way, like almost under the hoop and then it got stolen. And then the other one, he just like kept waiting for a double team that never came. And then, and then like he tried to make his move to the middle and then someone kind of like flashed and he picked up his dribble and it was just like, you know, like the old guy at the gym never, who was just big and never has played basketball before. And, um, you know, he's, he's got to be a little more aggressive. But again, if you're, you know, part of it too, though, if you, I, th I thought he was running the floor a lot harder in the first two games. But when you're like, got your head talk with turn talking to the refs on every play, it's hard to, it's hard to run the floor. Oh, yeah. You know, he, he's, you got it. You got to This is, this is big boy. Uh, this is big boy basketball now. And that happened not, with... if you didn't hear a whistle, you didn't get it. So, so get running. That happened with Fox too. Fox didn't get a call, and then he looked at the ref, and by that time the ball was like already at the half court line, and that was the play that he came flying in, and I think it was Moody on the drive where he, 
you know, basically clobbered him. It wasn't a flagrant or anything, but right, right, right. But that was a direct result of talking to the ref and then not being there. And you're the leader of the team, and you know that's old De'Aaron Fox stuff from basically last season. Um, the 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 moment I think you said this in, in your open. The moment definitely was too big for for everybody on the the Sacramento Kings. That was shocking to me because, I mean, you know that Draymond's out for that game. Like you, yeah. you really like. It, I mean, at minimum, you got to think: what if we lose? You know, yeah. If we lose, the momentum is completely shifted, and we lost the opportunity to go up three zero, and you know, get a get an elimination game in game five. If at minimum, you know, if you yeah. if you lose game four, and so the game plan just didn't exist, in my opinion. Um, I think they tried to run the same stuff that they ran in games one and two. Um, maybe even the stuff from the regular season. I don't know. It it was very confusing to see them not attack at all in the ways that would have made sense. Yeah, I, I thought two guys in particular that were just way out of sorts from the very beginning, and they've got to just be way better. Were Herder and Herder was Murray. terrible, and me, I mean, Murray Murray oh was just fouling like it was. I mean, I don't even like. And then even uh, who was another kid that fouled somebody? Like they're, they're, some of the fouls were just so pointless. You know, they 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 really didn't. You know, they'd be like away from the ball, like you know. You well, know, the thing five with, seconds into the shot clock where there was not even action happening and they like, like, what are you well, doing? I had a lot of Kings fans in my mentions <laughs> talking about like, well, we shot like 10% from three, which I think is actually an accurate number. You know, and like a lot of them are wide open looks, you know, but like, I, I don't think they have any understanding of what confidence does, you know, and yeah. what the moment and the momentum does when when you've got a warriors crowd that's been going nuts because of all the mistakes that have been made and you can't do anything right and then all of a sudden the ball flies out to you and you've got to hit the shot that's a tougher shot than if you're in sacramento and your home crowd is going and the other team is the one on their heels and you've seen the ball go through the hoop 50 times you know you're gonna just fire away and not care and that um, with Keegan Murray, I thought the interesting thing there is because the Warriors were playing super small, he didn't really have anybody to defend. I mean, it was helpful to have him on some switches against some of these guys that can pull from anywhere because Keegan's probably best strength is perimeter, kind of um, gauging the distance between he and and where he needs to you know try to get a hand up on a shot. He's pretty good at that. Um, but I mean, really, none of those small guys are, are somebody you really want him covering and offensively, if you're not going to like put him on the block and clear everybody out and then make him, you know, a post player, which the Kings aren't going to do, you know, he doesn't really have much dribble space against guys like that. So he's not going to put the ball on the ground. You know, if he, if you're just kind of relying on a, relying on him as a trailer, I, I get that to some degree, but he didn't really have a spot. And he, as everybody else was getting clobbered as well, had to defend all those little guys and it was just too much too fast and he got his three quick fouls and effectively removed him not just out of the game but you got to wonder about him for the rest of the series can he bounce Uh, back i was thinking that too like he he, that was you know his body language was just reeking of like i don't belong here (laughs) and uh they they need him you know (laughs) they're not gonna win he can't have 
bad games. I mean, he, he can he can maybe not have to have a great game or even a good one, but he can't have bad games. And he just played bad. And, um, well, and you I, know, I, I put that on the ahead. vets. I put that on the vets and the coach. Mike, Mike Brown got his ass kicked in this game. I said that on Twitter last night, and I think Mike Brown's a great coach, and I think that he's had an impeccable year practically. I mean, like maybe three times all season I've been like, I don't know about that one. That's an amazing choke job, not just out of the entire team, but Mike Brown as well, because if you look and you see that your rookie has nobody to guard and that he's really not a part of your attack and, and blah, 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 everything I just said, like maybe make an adjustment. You know, do you want him to be crushed mentally for the rest of the series after watching that happen? And and you had one move you could make like instantaneously that would have made um, like immense sense at any point in time. And, and you watched Steve Kerr kind of deal with this move on his end very proactively. And that was Davion Mitchell on Steph Curry. I don't know why it would be sacrilegious to move move him into the starting lineup and just simply declare when Steph's on the court, he's on the court. I just don't care. Like you, you you're I mean, playing. I, I'd love to hear the rebuttal, but like, I mean, I, I, I mean, like, I don't know if I'm going to change my lineup. I don't, I don't think that I wouldn't, I don't know if I'm going to make him a starter. Well, let's do this because I, mean, I understand how ridiculous it kind of sounds to, to just like throw a guy in the starting lineup like that, but why not this? Bring him in at like the five, you know, or the seven minute mark of the first quarter or, or early, right? And don't play Terrence Davis, and don't play Keegan Murray if he's out of his element. You know what did what did he get, Mister uh, Mitchell, for minutes? I'll look that up here as we're talking. Well, I mean, but but also, but Mitchell didn't play well. <laughs> Mitchell Mitchell also played like shit too. But you know, like but I, defensively, I think that, I think, at least he has a chance, right? Like eh, I mean, I didn't I didn't see him really doing it. You know, like the, he he seemed to let his offense get in the way of his defense. I didn't see the I didn't see the Davion Mitchell defensively that I saw in the first two games when he was in. You know, so I I mean I, would, I hear what you're saying. I would beg I to differ. I thought he had like at least half of his possessions on Steph. I thought he did what he needed to do. But that I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm willing little, to yeah. I'm willing to say that maybe the other half were you know not great or whatever. But but the point is to me is like, what's the one way you know you're going to die in Golden State? Steph goes on a heater, like Steph gets you know just amazingly hot, and then everything clicks for Golden State. Like, why would you let some dead on arrival defender like Monk or you know Herder? Like, just sit out there on the perimeter and get toyed with, and then next thing you know, Steph is in the paint with a guy five feet behind him, you know, because they, they went for the up fake or whatever. It's – I just think you yeah, – I mean, you, yeah, I mean, we – I mean, players still got to play. I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying, but I, – I get what you're saying, but I, I, I don't – I didn't see it as a – I really didn't see it as a – I didn't see it as a Mike Brown choke job. I just, I mean, I thought, I, I didn't, I thought that they were just mentally not prepared to, just to, to rise to the level of intensity and focus that needed to be there. Uh, that, that's just my, that just, they were, they were a step behind. They, they were just, they needed help that wasn't coming. I, I didn't see anybody out there that looked like they were ready to play. I, I'm definitely willing to throw the the blanket on everybody and say it was all, everybody sucked because that was actually the case. I just when you don't have a plan to get Sabonis catches in the middle of the key 
it just tells me that you didn't have an area of focus in your game plan. Like, and that could be on the vets that could be on Fox and Sabonis for not like, maybe they did talk about that. And just when they got out on the court, it was too hairy, you know, it was like too loud, too much movement. The the, the warriors were locked in, you know, they were not showing up and then they just decided to go to their old stuff and didn't think to get Sabonis in the paint. Um, I, mean, I, I, I thought that, and I, I don't, I don't know, you know, again, I wasn't in the, I'm not, we're not in the sessions, but I, I definitely thought that Fox was really just way too, you know, three happy early. And in the first two games, he was turning the corner and really, I thought that I thought that Steve Kerr, and I, and I don't know if it's just, I don't, I don't understand drop coverage <laughs> ever ever because uh, <laughs> it just really is just hoping that somebody misses you know i mean i don't know how many deer and fox floaters you have to watch drop or elbow jumpers that you have to watch to know that like you're just you're just praying that the person you're just praying that a highly skilled person's going to miss a shot when you do that and i thought that he never adjusted you know when when looney was in i don't think he ever said hey we're gonna do something we're gonna hedge we're gonna do something we're gonna trap we have to do something but we're not gonna just keep on i'm just not gonna keep on having uh kavon looney drop back and he did that for two games you know so i was i was really blown away by steve kerr's lack of adjustment in that one or that that would ever even be a like anybody that's watched the kings know that that fox is freaking floater is like a hundred percent yeah you know and he can shoot it from like the free throw line too so you're really asking for like such a large amount of space to be for for a great player to just not be covered you know um but yeah we'll we'll, we'll see i mean this i i'm interested in in you know this game four i think and i also thought i, I thought that the warriors were gonna win this game but i really thought like they couldn't get blown out and it wasn't like a huge blowout but it was enough of a blowout to make everyone in the warriors feel good well that's the thing i think now sort of shifting from what happened um where does it go now because i think that the warriors know that sabonis can't hurt them and i don't know if they knew that in game one and I think in game two, he had a little bit of an improvement there statistically, and it wasn't quite as bad, you know? Yeah. So, like, you know, maybe maybe they came out of that a little bit like, oh, maybe he can hurt us. But if you are confident that somebody can't hurt you, it's like, then everything gets tighter elsewhere. Like, right. you just go, all right, Looney, you got this, man. Looney and Dre, you got this. We're just going to lock down on the outside, and if they want to go to Sabonis, great. And I think what you might have seen, too, is the Kings – sort of concede the point like Sabonis himself going and you watch that under confident play like is he go I can't score on these guys I can't do what I do you know if this was the regular season against name a team that's sort of good or pretty good you know Sabonis would just get the ball on the block and he would do his his classic moves of like there's he's got he's got moves where he just puts the ball on the ground and he has no intention of shooting and the whole idea is to draw the defense in and he's picking a three-point shooter as he's driving which one am i going to throw to 
Um, and, and that's because the defense has already been beat on all the several pump fakes that he's got, you know, a couple times and, and he's scored say eight points down there. And, you know, they're all worried about him at that point. And it's the Kings offense in a nutshell, he's the orchestrator. And then you have Fox who's pretty much the hammer. Um, if you don't have that, you know, now you've become a dribble drive sort of pick and roll, but also dribble handoff team. You know, they run the more, most dribble handoffs in the league and that's typically very good because, again, the defense is so concerned about Sabonis that, you know, guys like Herter and Monk and, and, you know, Fox, they're just catching these balls with so much open space and so much ability to either shoot or drive. And that's why the Kings offense has been historically great. You take away Sabonis and I think a team that's got only the, the other attacks that I was mentioning that uh, the Warriors can spread out against that kind of a team. Hell, they didn't even have Gary Payton last night. Yeah. And they were Ding up that yeah. attack. Like, did the Warriors figure the Kings out? Is the question in my head right now? Yeah, and I thought that that was going to be the initial. I mean, we didn't have a, a pre-show, but I thought that was. I thought that that was definitely going to be the plan. I thought that they would even would never consider doubling. Sabonis on the block with Dre and, and Looney. Uh, I, I agree. I, I never was, really thought they would either. I, I, I never, I, I was kind of blown away <laughs> that they were coming and coming as hard as they were. I mean, I just, I, if, if he's going to beat you, then if he's going to score 30 a game for this series, then so be it. I, I just, well, we have so much know, film on Looney staying down. It's not like he's a leaper anyway. No, he's just a, he's a, he's a good leaper, not a great leaper, but like he just doesn't, he doesn't need to jump. And that's the whole thing against Sabonis is he's all the fakes, but he doesn't have long arms either. Sabonis. He got the little little T-Rex. He got the T-Rexers. So it's, he really has to, he really has to get you off your feet. You know, he has, he has to win the footwork and balance game unless he's going against a littler guy for for him to actually score down there and so you know and even with dre dre doesn't he doesn't bite on that stuff you know so it really that it, was it, it was a that, bad matchup for them to land there in that yeah, three yeah. slot with the six slot warriors but and 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 just to tag onto this i just i i, I ask you know kicks fans like have you guys won the trade yet <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah well we said that i said that a little i mean i, I they've declared it a, they've declared it an outright like landslide victory yeah, there's no discussion yeah. on it and and they go yeah. out and they talk about that everywhere like i mean it is yeah it, and i didn't want to get i didn't i wanted to watch everything settle before you know really yeah. like i, I don't want to take away I, their fun like, no, like the yeah, kings they're having fun right now and it's like right I just, you know, for a team that, for a fan base that's had 16 years of that, like, I'm just, I'm, I'm conscious of not wanting to kind of rain on their party right now. Right. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, that, that remains to be seen. But I they're talking think- a lot of trash as well. So it is, yeah. <laughs> it is, you know, it is an interesting development to watch the future of your franchise that you're going to pay, what, 30, 40% of your cap to? I don't know what the number is, but like mm-hmm. you're going to pay a ton. And the defense isn't obviously never been there. And then you're going to get shut down as well. And you're the identity of the team. You know, I've always thought if you pick up usage, if you take usage on a basketball team, like if you're a big usage guy, 
there's like responsibility with that. You have to play the game the right way. You got to try hard and all that stuff. Sabonis, by all measures, does most of those things. But if you're going to be the orchestrator all year long, but you can't do it in the playoffs, there's something that's not right with that. You know, It's it's a little bit of a mess. So what do you think about this series now? Are you um are you thinking that Golden State wins this next game? Do you think that this goes to a, like a, a massive game 5 in Sacramento and, and Golden State continues? Yeah, so I have my prediction I I thought that the Warriors were going to win it in 6, but I had no belief that they were the Kings were going to take both those games um in the way that they did as well. So I think this this game 4 here will deter will be and I think we'll know early. I think it's going to be Fox will will kind of it's kind of going to go with him since um, we kind of know that the Warriors are you know not going to double um, Sabonis anymore when he's on the block. And I think you know it's really going to be a matter of kind of Fox and Monk when he's in there, kind of their their dedication to the paint when they turn the corner on the screens. You know, if if. If uh, Kerr is going to, when Looney's in, if Kerr is going to um, stay with that drop coverage. They're going to have um, to, in in that scenario you're talking about, they're going to have to play so crisp because the refs aren't going to give them, like, borderline calls, you know, on, on drives. Right. If, if your goal is to get Looney out, Looney to me is more important than Draymond. And I'm so happy we haven't spent a second talking about Draymond. <laughs> Uh, anybody um, watching the NBA has been forced to to hear all about Draymond all week long. Um, but if you're going to turn the corner, you really need to not just like I want to take a straight line to the hoop and I'm just going to kind of get the you know try to get up in the air and um, draw initial contact. I don't think that that the refs are going to call that. I think you got to show you beat the guy, yeah. and and then get the call. So like if Fox comes down into that drop coverage. Right now, I think his preferred move is to either try a Euro or maybe a straight line drive to the hoop that, you know, he's going to try to beat Looney to the spot while drying contact. I think you almost got to, like, get him with some sort of, like, intermediate move, get him to commit, and then, you know, beat him, then get the contact. Um, But they're not confident or uh, focused or... um, You know, I don't know that that they understand that they have to get that deep in the paint um, because he's not committed to the paint. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think that, I mean, I think he did a good job of that in the first two games. Um, right. Yes, absolutely. So, so I think that really it's going to be, I, I'm interested to see because if he doesn't get there and get there quick and early, the, the, they're not going to, they're going to stay home on the shooters as well. And even if there are some openings for him to kick it out and it can move around a little bit, you know, the, the shot, the, the space is going to be way less for Herter and for Murray. So coming off a game like this, like he, I think that he's going to have to go for another like 40 spot for it, them to, for them to have a chance. It's very possible. Cause now you're, cause now you're talking about, you know, I, I'm assuming Peyton, well, I, I don't even know what's wrong. I, I was, it took me like the whole quarter. I'm like, wait a minute, why hasn't Peyton been in yet? I didn't even realize that he was out. So, um, real connected I'm, to the internet cause. So, so I'm so you know actually I'm, 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 good for he, you. He should he should be back though. I'm I'm, I'm assuming. Um, 
Yeah, but, you would think with this this level of importance gone. Right. So, I mean, I think that everything is just going to get a lot tighter. So in order to get anything, and you can't do it alone. So in order for him to get those guys any room, he's going to have to have another big game. Monk's going to have to play, like, way better. Um, he's going to probably have to go for at least 20, you know. And so they – because because right now, Herter and Keegan Murray and Davion Mitchell need wide-open shots. They need some wide-open shots right now. I, I don't worry about Monk, and to some degree I don't worry about Herter as much. Um, though, I got to say, Herter has really been bad this year on, like – kind of like stupid stuff like kind of day one stuff that you just don't expect a lot of NBA players to miss that often um and I don't know what's going on with that like it's it just seems like either it's a mental block or he just does not care about defense one one ounce <laughs> and uh I don't think he gets really the credit for that <laughs> air quotes credit um but it's brutal cuz it's you know it's all momentum stuff um monk I, I think he kind of just got drawn into the my team sucks right now and I need to maybe turn it on and try to do too much with not enough system help, you know, and, and went and freelanced a bit and was a part of the bad shot brigade there. Yeah. Um, and that's another example of everything going bad. Trey Lyles was bad. Um, and Trey Lyles was, was awful. He was terrible. And he was their five solution. And then Alex Len, he's been better than Sabonis in, in games one and two at times, yeah, and then, but mean, he didn't have a spot to play because of how small the Warriors were. Yeah. Alex. Yeah. He was just, he was fine. He was not, um, I thought it was interesting yeah, though, that like those eight minutes, <laughs> those eight minutes, those Alex Len eight minutes deserved try, Trey Lyles playing at the five. And he was awful on both yeah. sides. And so yeah. now all of a sudden the Kings where you were thinking, okay, they're pretty good at the five. Now they got this problem at the five and, and it all comes back to or, um, Draymond not being on the court, which he was murdering their offense in game one and two for the, the Warriors. He was terrible decision-making wise. And I was, as I made the big play, I was like, man, I think they're actually going to get better on offense without um, Draymond. And, you know, defensively that's going to be the issue. Um, but, um, they, they just went out and, um, played really smart ball last night. Um, I think with the Kings, like Kessler Edwards should have gotten a shot. He, um, played three minutes in this one. I mean, I, I guess my thing is this, if Steph Curry is on, is if he's in that untouchable, uncoverable zone, I don't think the Kings have a shot because it just opens everything up, everything up for, for Golden State. And it makes guys, you know, that are kind of borderline like Jordan Poole kind of makes him a little bit more dangerous. And, and you go down roster and like Dante DiVincenzo. I mean, he wasn't great in terms of scoring, but, you know, making he, enough plays. But his his energy like that was that was like a great like like kind of comparison. Like there was not one person on the Kings that was remotely in the ballpark of DiVincenzo's energy. Not he, he one. Took a lot not, of, he took a lot of crap from, from, from media in Sacramento. In Kings, yeah, not one guy on the Kings came remotely close to playing as hard as he did. And, that's and a, that was that, just a bunch of tap outs, hands on the ball, like 
extra possessions. It was it was really remarkable. He had that eight not one assists. Guy eight, run, huh? He had eight assists. Divincenzo. Yeah. And and that's I mean so my whole thing is like I think it comes back to if you let Curry go nuclear, like you got problems because Clay's gonna be a threat to go hot at any point in time. You don't worry about him, but like Wiggins, Wiggins is a problem. Wiggins is 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 posting up anybody that the Kings are putting on him, and he's made big shots in big moments, and he did last night as well. So you got good players on this other team. And you, you're going to let Steph go nuclear and, and let those other guys then also get theirs. I just think you can't do it. So like Kessler Edwards, a really good defender, underrated offensive player, like a total diamond in the rough find for Sacramento, got three minutes in this one. I mean, you can't be giving Trey Lyles minutes and sucking and giving Alex, eh, I'll, 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 I'll cede the Alex Len minutes. But like you go down that roster, Tra- Terrence Davis, why was he even on the floor? That one, yeah, that he's the one that he had a foul on. I think oh, it was God. I don't I think it was a pool. He had a foul like, you know, sixty feet away from Oh yeah, the, I remember that one. That was just like, what are you like you know like everybody on the Warriors shoots like ninety percent for the free throw line. Like what what are you doing? They weren't in the penalty yet, but you're like you're, you're one foul closer. Is, you're one foul closer for a play that I mean. Do you think you're gonna get pulled to dribble off his leg? Is that is that really is that really what? <laughs> he, Terrence Davis is known for that in Sacramento. He just goes on a heater once every twenty games, and then you know, I just don't understand what Terrence Davis showed the team that was like okay instead of. Um, Davion Mitchell, we're gonna go with you, man. Like, yeah, that, there should never, there should never. I mean, and and I, and that's why I mean, I'm, like, that's why I'm pretty down on Mike Brown right now. I feel like there was some I, day one stuff that was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, we're not doing that in this game. Well, he hit a couple of he he hit a couple of shots in games one and two, but the thing is like. Davion Mitchell, that would be you. You would excuse that if like Davion Mitchell was in his like twelfth or thirteenth year in the league, and really just you really want to hold off on some of his minutes for like a really crucial time. But you know, Fox needs a rest, so let's just throw Davis out there for like a couple of minutes here and a couple minutes here because we know. In crucial parts of certain games, if if Fox isn't in, we definitely need Davion Mitchell. Davion Mitchell is twenty two years old, you know. <laughs> well, he's coming off of two games where he, I mean, Steph couldn't get a shot well. off against him. Like, yeah, literally, we're talking Steph Curry, who later in Game Three showed you how Steph Curry operates. But like, this is Steph Curry we're talking about here, and he shut Steph Curry kind of down. I don't want to say all the way down. I say shut him down, but he he, but he he made him take tough shots. Made him take tough shots. He didn't require help. You know, nobody does that in the league. You could count him on like two hands, and one of the guys on his own team, and Gary Payton. You know, like it's a rare find to find somebody who can hang with Steph Curry and and not crush you know and, and allow you to stay home on everybody else um I, I i don't i had the warriors as my pick before the series and i had the lowest confidence in the world in it i'm probably in the same spot maybe a little more confident that the so warriors i i i i think seven games is uh-huh. um probably still in play and I don't worry about the home court advantage for the Kings. Like I know it's going to help them, 
but I think there's so much variance in like, does Steph Curry go nuclear? Does yeah. Sacramento shrink in the moment? You know, those kinds of things are, are the things that I'm wondering about. And those will have like 10 or 15, 20 point swings. I don't think the home crowd at like three points, five points, you know, is going to make a, a, a huge deal there though. I would like to see some sort of video from whatever the Sacramento crowd is going to do in a game seven. Um, I would like to say that I think the guy that rang the cowbell in Bob Myers' ear, like, I don't think that's cool. Like, no, I mean, the, the whole, the fan stuff in all the sports is just getting just so out of hand and ridiculous. And, like, you know, he knows, he knows Bob Myers isn't going to do anything to him. That's you know, the, that, yeah, that's, that's, that's what that's makes it cowardly. Like, you know that you know that the GM of the other team is even though I'm sure Bob Myers. I mean, Bob Myers is like six 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 seven. I'm sure Bob Myers would have no problem pummeling that guy. He knows he's not going to do anything to him, and it, and it's just like so immature and it's just so lame and so just kind of like it's being glorified, vibe. by the way. Because it's the Kings, yeah. right? You know? Yeah. And it's just like so ridiculous. And it's like, I really feel like there needs to be, and this is with the players too, players, fans, everything. There needs to be like a 10 game, like, like moratorium on fighting. If someone gets out of line, you could beat the crap out of them. If it's a fan, <laughs> if it's a player, like cause this stuff, this is we Are you talking all, like a purge. Yeah, and we can see who the real tough guys are, you know. And let's let's just because everybody's acting tough, and and it's really. Did you see the Russell Westbrook people. one? Yeah, I mean, like, there's just not too many people in the world that really want to get down. It's just they're just not. I you just, know. Like, I just thought it was. First of all, I thought it was about a half a percent of the people in the world that are ready to throw hands at all times. I thought the thing with Everyone Westbrook else is just acting. <laughs> was was hilarious because it just sort of looked like the arena doors open up from like the tunnel into a casual seating area in phoenix where like <laughs> you know shout out walking stick casino arena or whatever it is over there but it was like russ got off the court walked down the tunnel and then some dude sitting with his kid and that was the part that broke my heart was like you know this dude sitting with his kid right and he yells something probably like russ you suck and I was sitting there, I was like, you know, this kid's watching his dad now getting chewed out by an NBA superstar. And like, does he think that's cool? You know, like, what about yelling at a player like that you suck? I mean, I get it to some degree. And I know we were brought up on it. I mean, how we were brought up in the era of like NFL films showing a guy going across the middle and the free safety goes and takes his head off. And we're like, yeah, that's freaking awesome. Oh, wait, he, he can't think anymore. Yeah. He's drooling yeah. out the side of his mouth. You know, his kids have no dad anymore. It's like <laughs> The reality of it was um, that we had a lot more, uh, I guess, fun watching that stuff before we knew how bad it was. Um, right. But like, you know, I don't know. Like, I was sitting there, I was like, would I want my son to watch me do that? And I was like, no. You know, yeah. like, that's that's not, you know, it's a good game for your team. You know, like trash talking to some degree but like what exactly was said by that guy you know to get russ all fired up and i think the players are fed up um they, they should be because of all the stuff they hear at games and yeah. um stuff that crosses the line there's, a, there's an art to trash talk you cross the line you know yeah it's it's not good but um yeah 
those fans in game seven will be nuts. Game five will be nuts. Um, it's going to be pretty damn nuts in game four. I mean, I thought the, the, the Golden State crowd did pretty well. That's, I, I thought they did better than they've done since they moved to Sac- since they moved to San Francisco. Yes. I thought that was one of the best remnants of the Oakland crowd that we've seen, I thought. Man, an Oakland playoff crowd is like, I, I was just so happy to make sure that I got that in, um, you know, during the, the Oracle Arena days. I mean, the yeah. Oakland chant in that arena during a playoff game is, it's it'll put the fear in you. You know, if you're the yeah. other team. And uh, so they had a little bit of that in game four. Um, so what's your, your prediction here? I'm going to say I still have the Warriors in seven with a tiny bit more confidence. Not much more. I'm still underconfident on the play. Yeah, I had the Warriors in six before. I'll move it to seven just because I think that I do think I don't know about this game, but I think Fox can, is going to go nuclear one more time. I just I just feel like I feel like they're going to have the chance um, to beat the Warriors in six in Oakland. And I think they might fail pretty miserably and that will carry on back to Sac- Sacramento. The Sacramento crowd isn't going to be able to so get them it sounds like you're going game five in Sac. You're going to go game game four to Golden State, game five to Sac, game six to Golden State. In s- yeah. Or pardon me, game six to Golden State in in uh, uh, San Francisco. Sorry, it's so, so yeah. hard to say that still. Yeah. Um, and then in game seven, you got the Warriors winning in Sacramento. Yeah. Oh, that's going to that's that's hurt that's some what Sacramento I, That's Kings what I fans. think. I mean, th- and that, I mean, I just don't know that they – we'll see. There's a couple of days removed. This is, so it's good that – I think it does benefit Sac that uh, this was – you know, that they have an extra day before game four. Um, I think that's that going to help them for sure. And so I, I think that that's really going to help with just the the execution and making guys understand. I mean, if I was Mike Brown, I'd be coaching this like it's a game seven. I mean, I, I'm talking a real short bench and, you know, pulling out all the stops. He has made I, those types of adjustments. Not, I mean, not yeah. playoff level adjustments, but like the, the hard ones, the ones where you're like, yeah. I want this, you know, if I'm, if I'm backing them, I want them to do this now not like 10 games from now like yeah. what's the move now? he's done it all year yeah I, I actually i'll put it on i'll say this if in game four i see the adjustments i would be then pretty i would i would sort of flip from like underconfident to the sacramento kings right because right. now i know that you know some of these things we've talked about are going to be addressed if he comes out and it's still dribble handoff and you know everything that i was talking about i'll just you know i'll keep ticking up my confidence <laughs> on that Golden State side, right? Um, it's a close series. It's it's great that it's yeah. two teams in the same area. The fan base is holy moly. They're going at it. Like yeah. I'm seeing this stuff on Twitter, and like you got drunk people, you know, on video, like approaching. Yeah, he's got drunk people. Yeah, the, 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 there was there was uh, <laughs> one one fan was you know like basically like we got the film of you drunky, you know, doing all your drunky stuff, and we don't want to take you to the police. So if you just DM me. You know, we could work it out offline. I was dying <laughs> laughing because I was like, man, drunkenness. It'll get you in trouble. Um, It'll get you in trouble. All right. So let's see what we got in Phoenix. Um, you know, I <sighs> I was I was winning my bets on um, the Clippers there uh, early on. And I thought that they would be more of a handful for Phoenix than you know people were thinking. But 
Then in game two, it's the drop, man. That damn drop. Like, yeah. <laughs> Kevin Durant walked into a couple, three straight jumpers yeah. against the drop, and it was like you watched immediately everything melt for the yeah. Clippers. And then they didn't have an answer for anything after that. And then last night was just sort of a, I don't know, a random free roll of a weird. game. I mean, they were, they were, they, they played tough after they got down. Um, you know, Russell is a, you could say what you want about Russell Westbrook, but the dude comes to play and it might not always be pretty and it might not be what it needs to be at the time as far as like decision-making, but you have to beat Russell Westbrook. He is going to swing and swing and swing. You have to beat Russell Westbrook or get out of the way so he can beat himself. Or get out. Yeah, but if you do that. But if you you do do that, that, there's a chance he destroys you. There's a chance he destroys you. It's a a fine line. And and I want to say like that, that whole like get out of the way, that has to do with the situations. Like, you know, like in... Washington and in LA where these teams were so horribly constructed that happens a lot easier. Like Ty Lue has found a way to keep them in positions that, you know, in the lineups that make sense for Russell Westbrook. Um, and so in those situations, he's not going to be, he's not going to beat himself because he's, he's able to just be himself. It, and it, um, isn't it great that he, he goes for 38 and 12 last night. With three steals, one block, six turnovers. Like a massive stat line. This guy was available for nothing. Like, yeah. I mean, how, have we ever seen that in NBA history? Well, I mean, we can get this always just veers yes. into like the wrestle stuff. Yeah. Well, no, well, no I mean, into just like the stat culture. So, yeah, and seems not really knowing what they're doing. Like this, still so much of this kind of AAU mentality of just throw people together and like you're shooting a bunch of threes, so I'll shoot a bunch of threes. You're playing drop coverage, so I'll play a drop coverage. You're switching on everything. So I, the idea of like actually like <laughs> using your players in the positions and playing the way that's best for them. Is gone. So you have Russell Westbrook out there just floating around, <laughs> and like everyone's like, "Oh well, it didn't fit over here. The, 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 he didn't fit with LeBron and, and AD, so he he must not be able to do anything." And it's like, no, that was a terrible, <laughs> that was a terrible team for him. You know, he still has a place in this league. So anyway, he has a place in the league, and it's it's really. I mean, I, I watched. What I was watching the other night, and he had this sequence of like, I think it was, it was game one. And I mean, everybody's already talked about this. So this isn't like some great revelation or anything, but like he was so negatively impactful on the offensive side, yet had all those big plays late and had the big stat lines in the other areas. And it's just a roller coaster. It's like the biggest roller coaster I've seen, really. I think at the NBA yeah. level where it's like one minute, it's so bad. And then in the next one, it's so good. And you're just like, at the end, you're like, oh, I was exhausted. What did I just watch? Um, the Clippers, they lose by five. They covered the spread last night after going up and down the ladder a whole bunch. Um, they're like out of this, right? I don't know. Like, I mean, Kawhi I comes mean, back next game, let's say. And yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to just 
take a guy in, take a guy. Considering they've played such little basketball together, it's, it's kind of hard for that guy. And, he, you know, in those first two games, he looked great. He looked like and – and at first he was he was kind of being the poster child of why, how, uh, you know, load management is really a good idea until, oh, guess what? Now he can't play anymore <laughs> again. <laughs> like, so there was a lot – you know, there's a lot uh, – this whole this whole thing has just been a disaster. Like as far as, I mean, he must have his knees. It's like really bad. It's really bad. I mean, he's he's kind of never going to be the same. You know that that I think is they, clear. They definitely lost the Kawhi Leonard Paul George bet. Yeah, they just lost I it mean, bad. It was good on paper. I mean, we I remember when the thing was made. We were like, yeah, this team is built to beat the Warriors and we expect they'll win multiple championships, but you know, they just have never been on the floor together. And even when, and when they have, they, they are still strangers. I think they this only, is year four. they're still strangers. I think their only path to victory is like, so they could play Zubac if they do something other than just concede the drop the way that they have. I mean, Zubac's yeah. drops are terrible and he has no shot. And it kind of takes him out of the series, and, and you, you want him there for DeAndre Ayton, but like if it's going to be that bad, I think you almost got to like just pull the emergency cord and either move him to the bench, you know, and try to match him up in the non-KD minutes and the non-starter minutes. But like I would be just getting him off the floor in any way, shape, or form. And then if if Plumlee can't hang, because I think he's a little bit better in that area, but not a lot, yeah. like pretty damn bad. I'd just throw Morris out there. Like, you have no chance anyway. Just throw Morris at the five. Let him try to get in Aiton's head. You know? Right. Junk up the game. And Aiton, you'll never know. He might have a stretch where he's just going to settle for jumpers, you know? And um, especially if he hits his first one, you know? Um, I think, yeah, the the whole drop, I mean, I don't care how slow Zubac is. Like... Yeah, bring him up to the level. Have him head. Bring him up. He's gotta. He's gotta. Do, they have to do something. You're talking. And this team is so funny too. This matchup because you're gonna drop coverage against KD, either KD, Chris Paul, and and or or Booker. The best part of all of their games is the mid range game. I know. It's it's, it's, the, it's the absolute best part I, of every single one of those guys' game. So you're just gonna drop coverage. I think <laughs> I had one tweet on was it uh, Wednesday because I was taking care of my kiddo and he was just jumping off of everything and i was like watching the games i was like okay no tweeting today but like that zubach drop i watched it and i was like oh 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 the clippers are gonna lose the series now <laughs> like yeah. it was that quick it was like yeah. they, they had a chance to go up 2-0 against the suns you know and and really the suns looked terrible in game yeah. one and you got Kawhi that's cooking it just felt like man you got a shot at 2-0 here and yeah then you threw out Zubac in the drop, and, and it was probably within four plays. Every single Phoenix Sun had confidence after that, and yeah. it was over. Um, so I, uh, I also I also don't like we have not seen them do anything. I mean, like maybe I didn't catch maybe this last game, but the, we've talked about the whole idea of wearing down um, Chris Paul. Mm. Um, to me, if to me, if you have. If you have uh, the one kid is not playing at all, I don't understand why you wouldn't just use him. Covington, he gives him, he plays four minutes. I mean, like <laughs> this is a guy that can knock down open threes. If you're only going to play him four, 
that whole time, give him a couple more minutes, give him eight, give him eight to 10 and just have him ride, ride Chris Paul for a while. You know, I, I don't understand. The blueprint has been put down. If you are not covering Chris Paul the entire way up the court, you are not really coaching the, the game. That's what it's been a little surprising because Ty Lue, you know, kind of has this reputation now as being a really good coach, like a top five coach. And I would say I've not seen anything good out of Ty Lue, <clears throat> you know, in about a year where I go, yeah, man, Ty Lue's really cooking right now. Yeah. Um, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I, I think the players are coaching the team there. <clears throat> to some degree. And I think that's true at most locations. It's what your coach can get through, you know, sort of the player coaching apparatus. Uh, yeah. Your Lakers, as I get allergy voice here, your Lakers. So how long? So we didn't get any predictions. Uh, this I, I is got, over. I got you Phoenix. Think it's over. Yeah. In five. Mm, yeah. Let's see here. Yep. We're going to go to LA. Uh, we're in LA probably I could have been that one. one. Yeah. I, I really, yeah, I would say five. Yeah. I think it's over. Game two, game two was their, uh, that was their shot to make it, yep. to make it something. Um, okay. Lakers. What you got? Oof. <laughs> <laughs> I just Memphis, well, Memphis just like alternates between sucking and being okay. And, uh, actually John Morant played a terrible game. In game yeah. one, like decision making wise, I don't know if he's ready for the playoffs. Um, well, I think that this, I think um, the things that happened earlier, you know, with the whole with the club and the suspension and all that, I think that that has definitely affected him mentally. To me, it doesn't look the same really at all it, since he's been back. He seems to have lost a little edge, in my opinion. Um, they're just interesting. I, they don't I, seem to do I, a lot right. And I, I don't want to, I don't like calling people names or anything. But honestly, like Dylan Brooks has to be the stupidest person on the planet. He, I mean, like, I mean, honestly, like, what did he say the other day? I thought was so funny after the game where they went, oh, he said, uh, Say like if he you're said, not first, you're last. Wouldn't they said if I don't if I don't respect anybody unless they come and drop forty on me? Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm like, okay, so if a guy gave you twenty eight and shot like sixty five percent from the floor, you think you did a good job? Like what? What the hell is? What's wrong with you, dude? Like why are you so just stupid? You know, like why? I don't understand. Like if a guy doesn't drop forty on me. I don't respect him. Okay, you well, mean to he, tell he me gave you thirty-five and they won the game. So, but you don't have a. So, I'm sure. I'm sure the other guy cares about your respect. Like who? Like who are you, dude? <laughs> you know, so I heard an alternative opinion on this. That uh, <laughs> let me let me float this to you. So, um, I, I heard it said that um, he's taking pressure off the other players, and that's not the worst thing. Like by being this guy, he's like a character now. You know, a lot yeah. of people want the NBA to be WWE. He's doing yeah. it. Yeah. He's gone full heel. People might want that. Whatever. That, that is not shown to be effective. <laughs> Being a character like that, that narrative of like, this is who he is. Like all that stuff. Like the people are always comparing. Well, people we're going like, to oh, out for Draymond. 
<laughs> yeah, like, like you know, like, oh, this is Dennis. Look at Dennis. This is the stuff that Dennis. Dennis Rodman was getting twenty rebound games, like, like freaking candy in playoff situations. You know, like, like, like even like the, with the Draymond stuff. You know, like I heard that somebody on ESPN, they're like, you know, you get all of it. This is what makes it. This is what makes him. No, it's not. What makes Draymond a special player is that he can defend every position on the floor. When he gets the ball after a screen, when, or when he's rolling and he gets the ball, he's like a point guard. He's the best player I've ever seen in directing traffic on the back line of a defense. That's what makes him good. Not they're over. They're overweighting the toughness quote they're, toughness yes. element. Like I mean, yes. you're in the NBA. You're not you're afraid. The- of a lot <laughs> though though there's momentum changes and there's there's there there is there's like there's an element to that but people go to but it as to like the, the, not to the effect they they you're the, the golden state warriors do not beat a lebron james led team because draymond green is screaming at people or lance stevenson is blowing in lebron's ear that's not that is nothing to you you don't beat high-end athletes like that so this constant like harping on it is so silly you know it's so silly dylan, dylan brooks um, I mean, he clobbered Gary Payton in an open space at a critical time in a, in a playoff series. And that told me everything I needed to know about that guy. Like yeah. you put your team at risk, you hurt a guy, <laughs> you know, and you did it because you were mad. Like, yeah. I mean, like that, that just, that, you're not stable. And they are in Memphis. They've really parlayed that sort of like we are the bad boys. We think you know we're the Detroit Pistons. They've parlayed that into an identity, and it just seems like the car's sort of you know driving itself. And there's no. And everybody wants to talk about how Taylor Jenkins is is so super good, you know, as a coach. And I just look and I go, you guys take the wrong shots. You guys have players that are really struggling, you know, mentally or off the floor, but or both. Um, Jaron Jackson has sort of emerged as maybe the team kind of like, you know, the, the guy that gets it and, you know, he's sort of an afterthought in your offense. Everything's out of balance and, uh, you just don't know which team you're going to get. I thought it wasn't surprising that they played well without jaw in game two, because, I mean, momentum and, and tempo seems to be everything. It feels like if you have a bad possession on offense, it's going to affect your defense for a number of reasons. It shouldn't mentally, but like you get out on the break, transition, you know, um, you know, cross matches, you know, stuff happens when you miss shots. You fall to the ground, you know, as you take your shot, trying to draw a bad foul call. Now it's five on four the other way. All that stuff comes into play. And, you know, Jaws out there kind of just like, oh, I'm going to just break my guy down and you know, hang in the air and, oh, it didn't go in. You know, nobody had to move. Defense, defense didn't have to think. You know, the, the, the weakness didn't get attacked. And that's, um, I've, I've thought that's been the case with him, you know, for a couple of years now, where he's just leaving money on the table every time, going to his pet stuff and not getting to the thing that's going to matter. Now he's kind of questionable for the rest of the series. Um uh, I don't have a lot of faith in the in the Lakers. I think the trade helped them immensely to get them some talent that they need. Um, they might have enough to advance, but where are you on it? I mean, they're lucky they're playing Memphis. You know, I, 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 I what do you do? I mean, like I, Anthony Davis. I mean, what do you do? I mean, 
we're, we're talking i mean he, he he's got so little heart that it's just like dude xavier tillman busted you up bro like where's your pride? Like how, where is your pride, dude? Like this is a play. This is a chance to go up two. They go up two. Oh, it's over. Going back to LA, it's over. That, you only take what did he take? Freaking, you know, fourteen shots, dude. Like you got nine boards. Like what are you doing out there? Like who, who like this and he top, top seventy five. I don't know if he's top one fifty of all time. Or top seventy five. Who voted what on that you? stuff? By the way, I don't even know. Who knows? I like I know that like the players vote. They vote for the tenth man on their team for like the All Star game. You can't rely on players to vote for right. nothing. <laughs> like. So the, you guys, you're dead out. You guys don't have a say. Media sucks at this. They are so bad. They all, they're like, they'll listen to like who they think is the best breakdown guy. Usually it's right. Zach Lowe. And they're like, okay, whatever Zach Lowe thinks is what I think. And, uh, you know, they don't watch a single game outside of their team. And, you know, they, they just vote for whatever they read on Twitter. And it's pretty bad. So like the top 75 thing, I just, I don't know who voted for that. But when I saw like AD... I don't know who else. This is not a top 75 discussion. It just was like, oh, really? Okay, yeah. so we're doing this now. Um, I mean, I, you, you just can't, if, like, when you're getting, you have that, you're making that kind of money, and you're supposed to be this and that, and, like, you got Ruri Hashimura out there balling. You know, you guys at 29, okay. That might be average. He gave him another 20 sp- you know, in game two, like I like Rui. No, I do too. But I'm saying, like, yeah, I know you it. can't you can't lose a game if Rui's going to give you twenty. Right? Yeah, exactly. That, that's the that's the that's the like unexpected great play. So it, the, the whole part of having superstars is that they're the, the reason superstars are superstars because they're consistent. <laughs> they're consistent anybody like everybody that's in the nba can drop 30 at any given time <laughs> what makes steph curry steph curry and Giannis and Giannis and lebron lebron is because they do it every game anthony davis just doesn't do it every game he doesn't i mean we're talking how do you how do you lack motivation in the playoffs i mean what are you talking and the only thing on your resume is the bubble championship you think you want to like prove yourself that hey I can do this. I can go on the road. I could do. And he just like fails and fails and fails time after time after time. I don't understand people thinking that he's this great player. I really don't. I, 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 I want to know kind of who was in his ear the entire time. Cause it sounds to me that when he started his journey, that that seed wasn't in him. Right. And, or it was in him and it was extinguished somehow. But like, I mean, clutch, has done so much to leverage the market so guys like Anthony Davis can get what they want, how they want, when they want, and he didn't ever have to earn it. You know, like in, in, in New Orleans, I mean, he had a couple playoff series that were really promising, but like yeah, he didn't do anything to earn this status. Right. And then, so like there was never any pushback on him. Hey, man, you got to play like a dog out there. You haven't won anything yet. You know, and, and in this situation, you know, and in game one, I thought he got away with a ton 
on the inside that I thought changed the dynamic of the game. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, it could have been worse. You know, if if, if those guys, you know, if he had the game two he had, and then in game one, some of those calls went the other direction. Um, I, I thought when they didn't call the fouls on he and LeBron early in game one, that it sort of emboldened them to play more aggressively. And then Memphis was like, I don't think we can get this, you know, right. down low. So they peeled back a little bit. And that's that's the ref game in a nutshell is, you know, if, if you guys are getting away with stuff, it just like, <laughs> that's why I watch the Kings stuff. They're so sensitive to the refereeing because of history. And, you know, they do get sort of the, the small town whistle against the big town, you know, teams. But like when sure. you're worrying about that stuff, it's always bad. I've never seen right. worrying about the refs be a good thing. Right. <laughs> you know, and and so it just sort of disintegrates from there as players get, you know, offended that they don't get the calls that they deserve. Um, I'm going to go. I really this is such a toss up series for me. Yeah. Like if you told me that Memphis was going to play the play correctly, I would take them because uh, I think they're more talented and I think they're a little less limited. Like, you know, Vanderbilt, like I love him as a player, but, you know, obviously some limitations there. Um, not so worried about Reeves, but Russell, very worried, you know, when he's on the floor that he could be a, a liability. Uh, some of the depth yeah. issues there for uh, it was pretty awful um, last and, game. And I don't think you it's can rely on Rui to get you 20 every night. So I think that, you know, there's some issues there. And then for Memphis, it's like, which Memphis team are you going to get? Not sure. And and then obviously Jaw, if Jaw's not there, I think that probably tips the talent scale a little bit toward LA. Um, yeah, but he's probably the talent gonna... scale, but not necessarily. I don't know that it necessarily helps with how slow they are and their defense, and you know, it's a very toss up series. Um, yeah, I'll go. I'll go LA. I, I think I started off with Memphis. I definitely had Memphis, um, but yeah, I just don't see, even with John not playing well, you don't know that that's going to be the case when you start the game. So you have to prepare for the full jaw experience. So if he's not in there, I just don't know that. I mean, I like Bain, um, but it's kind of like what you're seeing with Brooklyn, right? No matter how good role players are when it comes to the playoffs you gotta have a stud it's it's really that that series has been frustrating because you like all of those players right except for Dan Whitty yeah (laughs) Dan Whitty is is his own little podcast but like Philly in a second can stomp them yeah like it's just like they could have a five-point lead for Brooklyn and Philly's like ah no let's stomp you now or let's kick you in the nuts if we're Joel Embiid Right. <laughs> that game, I'm glad we didn't talk about that one at all. Because, yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell is that? <laughs> uh, my two fr- Well, just real quick on that, though. I mean, does does Philly need more proof that it's time for Harden to be escorted out and let's get the ball in, in Maxi's hands a little more? Like, like, I don't know what else you need. <laughs> when he's going downhill and go, like, they're just like. On a different level. Actually, we got to get these shows on camera, cause because like my hand is bare, my head is buried in my hand right now. It's like, how much do you need to see? 
How much do you need to see? I mean, like, I don't know. I, I mean, it, it's so glaring when he's in there. It's like, if you don't know anything about basketball and someone just explains the rule and you watch them play with Maxi for 10 minutes and watch them play with Harden, you can't come away with saying that the team looks better with Harden. You just can't. You know, you just can't. So, but people we'll, are pot we'll committed. You know, they're pot committed. Uh-huh. They're pot committed. You know, poker term. They've got too much money in the pot on Harden to to make a you know, change of course, and that will ultimately. You know, they're going to have to face Milwaukee. They're going to have to face Boston at some point. Right. And then you learn. Yeah. Then you learn. Boston looks great. Yeah. Oh boy, Robert Williams looks great. Yeah. Hopefully, he can stay yeah. healthy for them. He's flying around doing Robert Williams things. No one, no one covers distance like in the league like Robert Williams on defense. No that, one. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I don't think maybe Jaron Jackson, but maybe not. Maybe, maybe. I think Robert but, is Robert's faster. He's quicker. Yeah, and then he. I think he gets and he gets higher. Yes. So yes. you really, you're really never safe. When when he's around, like he, he that's not he, fair he, to he, add him he, to that team defensively. Yeah, like, he's, he's, like he's, I mean, that's like I mean, hmm, I, I'm glad I got a lot on Boston to win it all because they are scary, dangerous. And then Milwaukee, I, it's it's hilarious that uh, they can just sort of like without Giannis. I knew I was like one of the things I've gotten right. I was like, there's no way Miami without Tyler Hero's got a shot in this game. What what is anybody thinking? You know, yeah. um, Milwaukee versus Boston is gonna be a great game. Two great yeah. teams. All right, we got to get out of here. We could do this all day. Follow us online at Twitter, twitter.com slash KOZ and EBRU show. I we think I sent a tweet. I, I, think, I, sent a, I think not from not from our thing. I think I sent to just a, I think I tweeted at Ethos. You did, you did. And then um, the, the the masses were tweeting, where's Cause and Brew? Where's Cause, where's Cause and Brew? And, uh-huh. and by masses, I mean one person. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. But but I think everybody does appreciate this conversation, and um, I, I have to say, Cause I'm very offended that I no longer have a blue check. Like it hurts. I bet. It, I it, bet. it really it really hurts. Um, Maybe we can start a GoFundMe. So hurts. people in, in between, you know, trying to help their families, you know, the family members that got sick, we could they could. Uh, maybe we could help, help Mr. Musk raise some money. Yeah. <laughs> Can you believe that dude pretended to buy LeBron James a subscription to Twitter Blue and <laughs> and, so. and literally LeBron and like Stephen King, you know, what a random yeah. duo there. Like, we didn't pay for that crap. Yeah. <laughs> I hope they sue his ass into the ground. I hope I hope yeah. Musk's next move is to just delete Twitter like all together. <laughs> It's like, I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. Delete. <laughs> Facebook, which is run by so much better man, um, Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> Two people who didn't get enough hugs, that didn't get enough attention from, yeah. when, when, from whoever. When, uh, when, 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 Mark Zuckerberg, when Mark Zuckerberg could point the dirty end of the moral stick at you, you know you're, you, you're not a good person. <laughs> oh, Musky and your, your fanboys. <laughs> Facebook.com slash KOZANDBRU. Somebody damn start a freaking social media platform that doesn't suck. Like, somebody. 
don't care who. <laughs> I do care who, but come on, just somebody. It can't be that hard, right? Right. Open source that thing, man. All right. Uh, another one's in the books. <laughs> we'll be back with you at some point here soon. Peace. Peace. Elon Musk. What a tool he's